What's up, homies? Welcome to the first edition of the Hot Links podcast here in the Outkick Bets podcast feed. Hot I got, Links? I got, oh, I love it. I got guest Dan Z here to help pop my golf betting podcast, Cherry. I wasn't sure what to call it, and I'm happy that you're excited at the uh, the title, Hot Links. It's I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I Googled it real quick. There's no other podcast called Hot Links, so... That's nice. It's it's it, it flows easy, you know, just two words. And it's hard to name things, so whatever. <laughs> um so I'm gonna be breaking down the weekly golf tournament with I don't know, a different guest every week, or maybe Dan will will come in pretty often. I don't know. It me and him have a pretty good vibe going, and I know he gambles on golf almost as much as I do. Um, now that football season is in the book, so you're going to be stepping up your golf betting a lot, right? Dude, golf is such a fun sport to bet on for a few reasons. Number one, the tournaments start like Thursday mornings, which is like, what the hell else am I doing at 10 a.m. on a Thursday? Pop on PGA Tour Live, like done and done. I love golf betting. I love golf uh, daily fantasy. I think it's actually one of the more fun daily fantasy games that you can play i like it because it's four days because it lasts the weekend like it's not you know one slate and also you know when you do like a baseball or a basketball nba like daily fantasy like you gotta monitor like eight games going on simultaneously like golf man it's one feed you just you watch your feed you watch your tour cast like it's easy to keep track of i love it yeah dude i've been into golf betting since around the um the first tournament that i bet last year was the man it was pebble beach i hit tom hoagie to win tom hoagie top five and tom hoagie top 10 um and i that was the first tournament that i bet publicly and then i kept a twitter chain or a twitter thread where i tracked all my results for the full year and i actually was up 30 units last year and i'm up 30 well 29 units so far this year through the first i think 14 events that i handicapped so it might be beginner's luck it probably is considering i've never golfed a hole in my life (laughs) i'm 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 just love gambling on it um my yeah but it's like you've never played a down of nfl football like who cares but it's sort of irrelevant that's true but most people get into that stuff because get into sports gambling because they're a fan of the sport initially i never really cared about golf before i started yeah, gambling. you're, on you're it. making your transition into an old white dude like this is the time you know most people don't get into golf at 18 17 i mean it's a little it's becoming a little more popular the pandemic was actually huge for golf because yeah. it was like the one thing you could do because it was outside you could actually see people and go do something um so golf got a bit of a boost but like i never I'm the same as you. Like I played baseball my whole life. Then I played like adult league softball and I didn't want to play golf because I didn't want to ruin my softball swing. And I saw so many dudes like switch and I was like, Oh, you're a loser. Like I want to actually like run around. I don't want to stand there, hit the ball, get in a motorized cart. And then, uh, I don't know, started getting in. I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty dope. (laughs) This is way better than adult softball. Yeah. I mean, you can party while you're doing, while you're playing golf. That's the old man game. Like the sports I'm into right now, bowling and golf. Two things you can absolutely drink while doing. I really wouldn't. I don't think I'd call bowling a sport, but. 
Oh, here we go. I hear your point. I'm not trying. No, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road. I do not want to go down that road. You are hurling a 15 pound rock at a bunch of pins. Like, how is that not a sport? Yeah, I'm gonna just back up and not go down this road because <laughs> this this golf podcast will turn into an hour and a half long if we start arguing about bowling or dumb shit. Well, it's but, already gonna be an hour and a half long, but yeah, continue. Um. So, anyways, I'm 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 new to the game of golf relatively speaking um i'm probably gonna have some blind spots which dan or whoever is appearing on this podcast with me is gonna could easily point out but um i consume the data i spend hours studying the courses watching flyover videos reading um analysis and 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 coverage you don't expect you don't expect that out of your guests, though, right? Because I have not watched hours of flyover videos. I have not broken down the course. Like, I just want to make sure we're we're clear that wasn't a requirement. You didn't tell me that. No, no. The requirements to be able to talk about golf. Um, okay, can do. So again, we're breaking down the Genesis Invitational. It tees off uh, Thursday, February sixteenth. It's your standard thirty-six hole cut, full field event. I guess not full field because it's only like one hundred and thirty-four golfers. Since it's an invitation, it's a pretty loaded field, though. Well, it's an elevated event. It's that which is a new thing the PGA Tour did to protect itself from Live Tour pouch, poaching all their golfers. So this has a twenty million dollar prize pool. I think the first place prize is like three point five million. Um, Nineteen of the top twenty golfers in the world are in the field, according to the official World Golf Rankings. Now, now does that? That eliminates the live guys, though, right? Because that's the battle right now. The only one that's not in the top, or the only one that's a top twenty player not in the field is Cam Smith. He's still right. top twenty in the award. But those guys are quickly dropping because they can't earn any points. Correct? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But so he won't be in the. Even though he's clearly one of the five to ten best golfers in the world, he's not going to be a top twenty golfer in a you know a month or two months or whenever they accumulate these points. Exactly. That guy just balled out so hard previously, like kind of carried over and he's still in the top. Because DJ, then DJ is obviously not in the top 20 at this point. No, Brooks Kepka not in the top 20. He Um, he had kind of fallen off recently, but. Right. But he also just, I think he won the final live tour event of the season. And of course that did nothing to his, (laughs) to his official world golf rankings. Um, and another one who's actually right outside the top 20, but also not in this field is Joaquin Neiman, who is the defending champion of the, um, I love Joaquin too. I'm actually a, a little disappointed that he, he went to the dark side. I'm disappointed that all these guys went to the dark side. I'm disappointed. Hit, there was even I actually a dark hit side Neiman. to go to. I hit Neiman on this tournament last year. Cause he's a guy I go, he's a guy I go to quite often cause he's just such what? a freaking phenomenal ball striker. That's awesome, man. How do you did you track how many outrights you've hit? Like I don't know over the course of the last year or whatnot. No, I because I, I never did it professionally. It was just a hobby, so it wasn't like I wasn't I didn't work for Outkick. Like I wasn't writing betting articles or anything. So it was just something I would do for fun. Well, I usually like I'm not even a hardcore. Like what I'll do is I'll take fifty bucks and I'll put ten bucks on five different golfers. That's usually how I approach any given tournament. Like I don't, I know you get into all the matchups and stuff, and I I, I want to start getting into that. Um, you know, occasionally I'll do a top ten or like a to miss the cut if I have like a strong feeling. Like I got Matt Fitzpatrick to miss the cut after you sent me the tip that his neck hurt. I was like, oh, all right, 
I'll put 10 bucks on him to miss the cut to win 70 bucks or whatever it was. But generally I bet I'll throw 10 bucks on five different golfers. And that's kind of what I'm bringing to the table today. I'll give the five guys that I'm going to put outrights on. Oh, babe, you got a starting five. And it honestly, like that's kind of how I build my daily fantasy lineup too. Beautiful. All right. Well, again, I'm up 29 units starting, um, or as of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, I lost like a half unit last last week. I got a little greedy and I um, added Tom Hoagie and Shane Lowry to my card as um, uh, via Twitter right before the uh, start of the tournament. So that was another half unit loss and probably got a little too aggressive with the three head-to-heads. I... Uh, Narrowed it down to just two head-to-heads for the Genesis Invitational. Again, it's played at... Well, actually, I didn't introduce the course. It's played at Riviera Country Club, which is in the Pacific Palisades, up by me in California. Well, not really with traffic. It's a par 71, plays at 7,322 yards. There's four par threes, three par fives, 11 par fours. Uh, most of the par fours, 10 of the 11, are within the 400 to 500 range it's really really difficult to hit the fairway at riviera um and it's also riviera happens to be one of the toughest courses that's a non-major course on the on the pga tour it has poa greens there's a lot of changes in elevation which add to like the difficulty of playing at riviera there's actually no water on the course yet there's a lot of course defense so apparently the bunkers are just a nightmare to get out of. So, um, I actually don't have sand saves built into my model. I decided to go with bogey avoidance, three putt avoidance and scrambling. Um, and I just actually just locked out or blocked out sand saves for whatever reason. That might be a blind spot in my model. We'll find out. Um, but let's go through some of our picks, obviously. Uh, not necessarily if, if the bunkers are, harder there then it's it might be irrelevant right like you know what i mean thanks for helping me with this yeah if we can kind of like flesh out this thought at the um if it's gonna be hard for everyone then it might not really it might kind of like neutralizes anyone's strength yeah exactly and like they're so bad it's just like you my whole thing was i i shot for golfers who wouldn't be in the sand <laughs> like hey you gotta you gotta have to to make my card you have to hit fairways right you have to be pro- accurate I with would, the irons I, now that i'm thinking about it if that's the case i would think about golfers who are good at 10 to 15 foot putts too because a lot of those same, uh, greenside bunkers instead of you know these guys are so good they're putting it within five feet but if the bunkers are really difficult then you're gonna have a lot of saves where you get out of the bunker but you've still got 12 feet that you've got to make to save that par because they're not going to be able to put it as close to the to the cup if the bunkers are as you say you know more difficult so i might i might put a little weight on guys who are better in that 10 to 15 putt range that's actually really savvy because um one of the differentiators between people that perform well at genesis or putt well genesis are those 10 and 15 foot putts allegedly i guess the the poet greens are really tricky to read and it's tough to putt within that range here at riviera again this is all information that i've picked up just through hours and hours of research you know i'm 
eventually I'm going to just know this stuff like the back of my hand, but it's going to take a few years, frankly, because sure. there's what, 44 well, events in the, in the yeah, season. And, and we can combine like your info with just sort of, I've been watching golf for a lot longer. And yeah. when you say the bunkers are tough, that's my first thought. It's like, okay, then they're going to be, the sand saves are going to be tough. Like again, back to the, like, I wouldn't use sand saves. Cause again, that's putting it within three feet and tapping it in the sand save here is going to come down to, can you make that eight to 12 foot putt that you're left with because you can't stop it at the hole. Like you normally would be able to. Right. Um, all right. Well, let's get into our cards though here. What do you, what's the, uh, lowest odds or the, the highest favorite you have here on your slip? <sighs> I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent locked in. I figured as we went through this, I might kind of lock myself in. I know one place that I've already, that I've already gone is Matt Fitzpatrick at 40 to one. Um, you and I talked about this. I'm shocked that he's as low as he is, uh, probably based off the fact that he did miss the cut, a, a three round cut a couple weeks ago where I hit on that. But you know, this is a guy who was considered arguably the top player in the world for like a stretch there. Um, he won a major, was playing unbelievable. He's, he added a ton of distance, and that was kind of what was holding him back, was he wasn't a great driver of the golf ball. He became a great driver, and all of a sudden. But he's sitting at 40-1, to 1, and if I'm, my quick math is correct, he's like the 17th or 18th favorite here. And for a guy that with the profile that he has with his added distance, I don't see how you can put 17 golfers ahead of him. So this is just a pure value play that – Fitzpatrick should be higher than 40 to one. Yeah. But the reason he's not higher than 40 to one is the reason why you faded him and, and did so profitably at Pebble beach. It's because he's dealing with some sort of back injury, I think. But he, but he had said like, he was kind of using that as like a warm up, and he got through it. Like, and he wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't a tear. Like he got, he had a couple of bad holes in round three. He was right on the line the whole time. And then had a couple of bad holes in round three. And then they had all that weather and it kind of, it just, I, I'm kind of throwing that out, to be honest with you, just based on the way it all went down. Like, he, you know, the rounds were delayed and it was like, oh, does he really? I, we thought he was going to withdraw because it's like, why? What am I even still doing here? But he didn't. He gutted it out, which tells me that he's not that hurt, right? If the neck was that bad and he was, you know, plus three, I think, when they suspended play, like, why come back? My neck hurts. I don't need to play this. But he did. Yeah. So that tells me it can't be that bad. That's fair. He had a perfect, there's, there's no reason he couldn't what was it like 12 players withdrew between uh whatever saturday night and sunday and he didn't right yeah because the the weather set the tournament back an, an extra day and people yeah. were and like, a bunch of guys were like i'm this. out of it like i got a saturday flight i'm leaving like i'm not gonna win the tournament i'm not even gonna make the cut but he stuck around so again i think that's that's important to note relative to his injury yeah, well, the other pro Fitzpatrick arguments are the fact that he won the U.S. Open at the Country Club in, in Brookline, and that is a comp course to Riviera, especially with all the changes in elevation. And, and the well, the Country Club is an actual major course, but that type of difficulty is, is, is consistent with the Riviera track as well. So I don't hate that. And the fact that you're buying him low, in a sense, makes sense. So... I hear you on that one. Um, I took a shot at, at Xander. Um, I got him at eighteen I'm to him one. As well. I gave him out at sixteen to one. Um, that's currently what he's listed at DraftKings. Now the way I do this is, and, I, and I'm assuming most professional golf gamblers do it the same, but 
I'll bet some on him to win, some on top five, some on top 10. Depending on how long the odds are, I'll bet a top 20. I'm actually not betting a top 20 for him or my other pick or my um my uh second pick he's minus money right like he's right yeah to finish top 20 so i'm just gonna kind of load up on him to finish top 10 top five top top uh or, or to win the thing outright but he's first on my genesis power rankings which i use uh fantasynational.com to uh to build a uh, build out models for all these tournaments he made it first on my Genesis model. He's third in my stats model, sixth in total strokes gained over the last 24, 24 rounds. He's fourth in both um, history at Riviera and comp course history. He's fifth in strokes gained putting on POA. So this dude is solid throughout the bag, right? Like he doesn't, he's never won a major, which is like the pushback you would give on a Xander pick, but this isn't a major. And he's consistently finished top 10, top 20 in these majors. And he's always kind of been in the mix and lingering. Um, He had a back issue actually a couple weeks ago, um, uh, which is another reason maybe to to be hesitant betting him. But um, his worst finish in the last five Genesis Invitationals is a T23. um, And and his best is, is only a T9. So it is a bit of a gamble, but... It just feels like this fool is definitely going to be a top 20, um, finish in the top 20, and, and I'm just going to gamble on him making at least the top 10 here. So I'm on so, Xander. Full disclosure, uh, Xander Shoffley is one of my favorite golfers. And um, uh, another outkick writer, Mark Harris, big golf fan, put out a tweet that was like, what golfer do you just like bet on every time because you're afraid of not hitting the time he does win? And I was like, it's Xander. Like I bet on him last week. Um he was in the mix. He just hole two. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to dive too deep, but he just struggled on hole two last week. And he made a double bogey on Saturday that pushed him back and then rattled off like three or four straight birdies. He should have been like, he, he just makes par on hole two. He ends Saturday tied for first with Scheffler going into Sunday. And then he made another bogey when he really needed to make up ground on Sunday. He made a bogey on two. Just for whatever reason, just that hole, he, he was like plus three or plus four for the weekend on that hole. But otherwise played a really good round and kind of got lost in the shuffle because he didn't end up finishing inside the top five. And I think once he made that bogey on two, um, it was kind of like, I'm not going to, like he needed to catch Sheffler. Like I'm going to have to post minus six, minus eight to have a chance here. And it's like, shit, that's probably, probably yeah. not going to happen. I, I had to avoid bogey. So you know, he was in it all weekend. He's a great player. I, I probably will bet him as well. I wish it was a little longer than 16 to 1. Um, but, I mean, to me, he's one of the five best golfers in the world. So, I'm with I, you. Yeah, no, I don't hate that analysis. And the, the whole 16 to 1 thing, it's like, you know, sometimes you have to spend more for the nicer things type type um, perspective. Or at least that's what I'm using here to bet it, Xander and I talked myself a lot out of Scheffler in the recent in the past year, or not so much Rom. I've never really looked hard at Rom because his odds are always just I don't know too small or whatever. It's but. so hard to bet favorites in golf, right? Like, how do you unless it's like Tiger in his prime, where it's like, well, he's probably going to win. It's like, how do you bet John Rom at seven to one to win a loaded field event like this? Yeah, I mean, 
it's more of a toss-up, but I, I think Rory McIlroy is a better player than John Rahm. So, like, I'm kind of – I was looking at his plus 105 McIlroy over Rahm head-to-head. Um, I because I – but I, I ended up passing on it because I – Rom has just been on fire, and I prefer really not to fade him either, you know? So, um, but the, the the highest favorite on the board that I can get behind is Xander, so we're um, simpatico on that one. The next bet that I made was Colin Marikawa. He's down to 20 to 1. Um, did I give him out at 20 to 1? I felt like he was plus 20. He was plus 2,200 earlier this morning when I – um, made my bets and wrote this up for outkick.com. So it's already down to 20 to one. I would still play it at this number. We're getting Colin Marikawa after he just missed a cut at the waste management open. Just maybe that wasn't his tournament type thing, right? It's a pretty hectic, rowdy crowd. So when someone sucks at waste management, I don't necessarily like hold it against them too much because it is just like a one-off event in the PGA tour, right? Because of just how crazy the crowd gets. But Colin Marikawa's like biggest weakness is putting. Everyone knows that, but he was lights out on the greens last year at Riviera. He finished second behind Joaquin Neiman. Um, And, I, I was saying at the uh, up top that I, I'm really looking for guys who hit the fairway and play their second shot from the fairway and are dialed in on irons and that's or with their irons and that's effectively Marikawa, right? Like he's top five in good drives gain, top five in this field for driving accuracy. He's top ten in, in strokes gained approach. Top 10 in the proximity from 150 to 200, which is where most of the second shots come from. He's eighth in greens and regulations gained. And that's a big stat because there's far less, uh, far fewer greens and regulations hit at Riviera just because the, the course is so difficult. So he's got the game for this course. And, you know, he, more than any other golfer besides, I think... Will Zalatoris plays better at difficult golf courses. He's plus 1.7 strokes gained on the field per round at courses with difficult scoring conditions, Marikawa is. He's played really, really well at comp courses that I used here, which include Torrey Pines South um, and and the Masters, which he was fifth in last year. So I'm going to take Marikawa. I think I'm... I'm I, it's hard to make the argument that I'm buying him low when he just dropped from 22 to 20, but I, I still think this is it's a good enough number to get Marikawa because he's going to do well in this at this course. What are your thoughts on that, or just your next golfer? Yeah, so Data Golf put out this really interesting stat that I thought was fascinating, which is, and you actually mentioned it, how long the par fours are, and so they broke it down and said they expect players to hit two to three more shots per round from the 150 to 200 yard range than at an average course. And then they broke down who are the best at hitting those shots. And actually to your earlier point, the fourth best golfer at that stat is Xander Shoffley. Um, It's a bunch of randoms mostly. I mean, you got Max Homa and Xander Shoffley both in the top five, Eric Van Royen, who's not in this event. 
Uh, Brendan Steele is actually second at that, which is interesting. Markow is on this list. He's a little bit lower down, but he is on the list amongst guys um, who do well from that range. And I'm I'm kind of looking at this list as like that's a really interesting way to attack it and way to approach it. And there's a name here that's kind of jumping out at me that I hadn't looked that deeply into this chart um, beyond the, the top few. And that's Ricky Fowler. Um, who doesn't love Ricky Fowler, right? Like, I, I honestly don't know that I've met someone who watches golf and is like, I don't kind of root for Ricky Fowler, right? Like, So, because I'm new, I'm just neutral on him. Like, I, I came in, everyone's like, Ricky Fowler's a man. But essentially, since I started golfing or started betting on golf, he hasn't been good. So have, you seen, have you seen the famous picture of him? Um it's like a bunch of the golfers. They're all with like their girlfriends and he's just like standing there alone. And I think it's I have. Of, yeah. It's like yeah, him, it's JT, Dustin Johnson. Yeah, yeah, right? They're all, all with guys. like their significant others. And he's just like standing there by himself. And it's funny, but I don't know. I mean, Ricky, by all accounts is a good dude. He played really well this past week. And now it looks like, and he's a good putter and he's a guy who pro- I don't have stats in front of me. You could probably look him up, but I bet he's better than average in that range that we were just talking about. Um, so I'm probably going to be on Fowler here, 55 to one plus 5,500 on DraftKings. He's slightly behind Hideki Matsuyama and Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, same odds as Adam Scott, slightly ahead of Keegan Bradley. But I don't know, man. Like I, it's it's kind of a two part thing. Like you and I talked about this this week when I was like, I'll probably bet on Tiger to miss the cut because he's probably going to miss the cut. He hasn't played golf and whatever. He's got half a leg. And you're like, I'm betting on him to win just because I for posterity's sake, basically, right? Like, and if it happens, I just want to ha- I want to have a piece of it. Like if Ricky Fowler it's finally such a, wins, it's such a Dan move to bet t- Tiger Woods to miss the cut. Well, it's not though. Like I'm looking right here, like DraftKings, Tiger Woods to make the cut boosted to play. Like, of course it's boosted because everyone wants to bet. Like his odds aren't even what they should be. Like if you just looked at Tiger's profile and didn't know who he was and just looked at everything that we know other than his name, you'd be like, this dude has no shot. Like he has no shot. But yet <laughs> he's sitting there at plus 150 to make the cut. Like I think that's insane to think that he's just barely off even money to make the cut. But it's just fun. My point is that's where your brain went first. And yeah, you let off this whole podcast by saying like, I'm only going to be, be, you know, betting like $50 on this stuff. So what's your biggest possible bet going to be on Tiger Woods? And you're really going to be the guy rooting against him for a hundred <laughs> bucks. Like, come on, it's, dude. It's- it's not because it's it, – it, I actually thought his odds would be – like his odds to miss the cut right now in DraftKings are minus 210. Like I'm not going to bet that. That's silly. Yeah, if you had like – if you're like, no, I'm going to put $1,000 in Tiger Woods right. and miss the cut. I'm like, all right. Yeah, That's yeah, a legit I'm, angle you're taking. Fair enough. No, no. You're I a dick, if, but fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> if he was even money to make miss the cut, I would I would put 50 to 100 bucks on him to miss the cut. But I'm not going to pay – that kind of juice for it because again there's no upside even monies then now i'm kind of agreeing with you <laughs> well that's what i'm right like i was kind of hoping that it would be like you know who wants to bet on this so we could set the odds at minus 110 minus 110 because like who really is going to take tiger to miss the cut yeah but but no i mean he's at minus 210 actually with the boosted odds that DraftKings giving it plus 200 i'm kind of like screw it maybe i'll throw 20 bucks on him to make the cut because why not then i can root for him and you know 
you get you get two to one on it like that that would be a more fun bet you're right can i bet golf for fun so i might do that although analytically it's the incorrect play 100,000 percent i bet a 13th of a unit on tiger woods to win at plus 15,000 and a quarter of a unit for him to make the cut at plus 150 yeah i Uh fine I mean, he's not going to win the tournament, but no. he's got the same odds as Scott Stallings. The thing <laughs> is, and everyone. Hilarious to me. <laughs> Scott Stallings has been balling lately. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, right. And that's probably high. Like, I'm looking at the other names. I'm like, who's more likely to win this tournament? Tiger Woods or Sam Ryder? And I'm like, probably Sam Ryder. Like, probably. For sure. I mean, the only thing is, and it's obvious, everyone who bets Tiger Woods, unless they're kind of doing it like me, anyone who thinks he has a legit chance to win is just going off like the logic. Well, if he could gut through this event to four days, then it's Tiger Woods, which is fair because back to push back on your previous point, when you look at his profile on data golf and fantasy national, it's pretty sick. There's a lot of little trophies, right? Got half a leg. <laughs> I Well, that's, yeah, that's what's <laughs> not in the data. But when you it's look at the data, a- it's just like, Oh shit. All right. Yeah. It's not a major either, right? Like this is a let's see how I do, and we're prepping for the Masters. Like that's what's happening here. So he, I, I don't even yeah. know that he's trying he, to win this tournament. It's just like let's see how we do playing a real golf. Oh, tournament. for sure. I mean, he's hosting the event, and that this is what I wrote in the in my in my Outkick uh, Genesis breakdown. It's like I think the only reason he's playing is because he's hosting the event, and you know, partially major prep. But it's like. You know he he wouldn't be playing otherwise. So like, I well, back just... to back to Ricky Fowler. I feel the same way about Ricky that you feel about Tiger. Like I want to be on that. I want to have that on my card. And if he's in it, I want to root for him. Both I will be rooting for him, even if I didn't bet on him because why not? But at fifty five to one, honestly, with how he played last week and the fact that he is a good putter and plays uh, is, is strong in that category we just talked about that one hundred and fifty to two hundred yard iron range. Um, it actually makes for a good play, in my opinion. So Fowler will be on my card, along with Xander and Fitzpatrick. Those are my three right now. Fowler, for what it's worth, is 34th on my power rankings. He's 10th in strokes gained over the last 24 rounds, 91st putting on POA. So he actually doesn't do well on POA. Interesting. 28th in comp courses. I just pulled up the uh, – from. 10 to 15 feet, he's 49th in this field in strokes game putting. No, it's not bad at all. Um, so, and, But he's also a guy who can get hot with the flat stick, and not everybody has that in their profile. And supposedly... But if he's bad on Poa, I don't, I don't love that. Supposedly, he worked with a new swing coach and has a new swing, and it's been awesome. I mean, he has, again, he's 10th strokes gained over the last 24 rounds, so he's He's coming in pretty hot. Um, the the third name here I have on my bet slip. And honestly, his odds are probably a little short because he's Ricky Fowler. So I'm paying a little bit of a premium to because I like Ricky and I want to bet him. Yeah, but what is he going for? He's fifty five to one on on DraftKings. And right, but you said he's thirty fourth in this field in your power ratings, and I think he's got like the twentieth longest odds. So that's not that's not value. But there are times that way including with Marikawa, where it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to go off my model. Like, I don't – like, like Colin Marikawa is 11th in my model, and I think he's got 
he's tied for the eighth best odds. So I don't really have an argument from the numbers to, to base it off. I'm just being like, you know what? I think he's going to bounce back from a missed cut and his game fits this course. He was second last year. Like he's Fowler, 20, Ricky Fowler is 21st, by the way, as far as uh, shortest odds. Yeah, but he's trending so well. And like maybe my model has too much of his – like I, I, the stats that I pull are over 50 rounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe that doesn't matter because he changed his swing in between – you sure. know, the season. So maybe the the 10th best strokes gain over the last 24 rounds is more of what Ricky Fowler is. So you're in a sense, you could be buying low, but if he sucks, then it's like, well, you just got duped by Ricky who looked good for a couple weeks. I don't know. I don't know enough about this guy, to be honest. So this is Look why I love it. having he's you. He's a fun guy. No, I, I mean, I'm familiar with the name. I know he's, he's won a major, right? He won the PGA championship. I don't, I don't think he's a major champion. Oh no! I thought that was one of the knocks on him, but I could be wrong. I'm gonna pull it up right now. We'll 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 look at his wins. Um, no, he's not a major champion. He's finished second in every tournament and third at the second in the Masters, second in the U.S. Open, second at the Open, and third at the PGA. That's that's but that was the knock on him. Even when he was in his prime, he couldn't couldn't finish. He won the players. Um, which is yeah, like the, the closest unofficial thing, major. Yeah, the closest right. thing to a major. He won at Honda, which is a comp course that I used here in my model. So that's pretty good. He um, was a really good – I remember he was a really good amateur golfer, and then he won Rookie of the Year when he became pro. Like he he, he was – his peak was like very early in his career. Um, but, you know, it's golf. Like these dudes, freaking Tiger's in his – what is he? How old is Tiger? I don't even know. Mid-40s, late-40s? Yeah, probably. Like you can stick around. I mean, Ricky's thirty-four at this point. And to your point, you know, if he changed his swing, this could be sort of a reinvention of him where he has a second peak of his career as he's gained some experience, gotten a little older, now in his mid thirties. Um, he finished second at the Masters in twenty eighteen. I think his last win was twenty nineteen. So that's the other thing. Like I if I miss his first win since twenty nineteen, yeah, he won the waste management Phoenix Open. Yeah. Uh in twenty nineteen. So I don't know. I mean, he's probably not going to win, but I'd like to. I'd like to be on the right side of it if he does. Fair enough. Um, one of my guys, dude, Sung J M. I bet this M effort every him. single week. I know. Um, this is a very particular thing, but like, one of my best friends here in Southern California is a Korean dude from Orange County. And these Korean guys can fucking golf. It's it's yeah. crazy. Like you'll go yep. to the driving lane in Orange County, and you're standing. I'm standing behind like four Korean dudes. Just like holy shit. You um, go to the driving range. Thought you didn't play. Well, I only go with him like once every like couple months. Does that count gotcha. as playing? I don't think it does. Like if I hit one, if I hit a hundred golf balls once every two months, that doesn't count. I'm, again, no, I've never it's played like you a said, hole. You've never played a hole, which yeah. is fascinating. So I've just never go play golf. This is kind of crazy. I've never swung a driver. Like I'm actually afraid to hit a ball with a driver because I don't want to look like range? such a Who bitch. Cares? Because I don't, I don't want to look like a pussy. Honestly, that's <laughs> it's really that simple. But Sung Jay, like my only my only reason for not betting him in this tournament is that I keep betting him. I mean, he's six on my model. He's six on my power rankings. He's plus three thousand. I mean, this guy is solid throughout the bag. He he's still only twenty four years old. It feels like he's been. It's wild that he's twenty four. Yeah, dude. 
If like, you were like just out of nowhere, how old is Sung Jae? I'd be like, I don't know, 31? Because he's been playing. Like, this is going to be his fourth Genesis plays Invitational. Every tournament. I he know. Plays, this dude just never isn't playing golf. No, I know. He's he's a grinder, dude. And he, I mean, he's, again, he's, hold on, six on my model, fourth in my stats, ninth strokes gained over the last 24 rounds, third in comp courses, one of which is TPC Summerlin, I believe, which is the Shriner's Children, Children Shriner Children, Children's Open, excuse me. He's won that once. He's only 59th at in strokes gain at Riviera. So that's kind of the reason to not bet him or why you'd be scared off. But the guy picks up strokes in the five major metrics. Um, he's constantly playing from the fairway. He crushes it in par fours from 450 to 500. And as we were talking about, there's a lot of par fours, I think six in that range. He's top 20 and... Three putt avoidance, bogey avoidance, um, greens in regulation. So it's really just a matter of you know him kind of putting it together in one of these bigger tournaments and and winning. And then then as you would think his odds are gonna gonna so, take a dip. To your point, Data Golf also yesterday it looks like posted their top twenty in the trending table, like trending up, and Sung J M ranks ninth in that. I believe it's only the last five tournaments that each guy has played. And M is ninth behind Rom, Scheffler, McElroy, Shoffley, Morikawa, Finau, Day, Hatton, then Sung M. By the way, Ricky Fowler also on that list. No shit. All right. Um, but like Victor Hovland is ahead of Sung M. And I like Hovland, but come on. He's last on this on this list, by the way, but he is on it, Hovland. Okay. But he's way behind him as far as like uh the trend in they call it their trend index. Yep. And it's Sung a J. baseline M. trend, right? Yes. Or is it like versus their expectations? There, there's another column. I think it's is it, it, it next to it, which is like how they well, perform. There's, so there's trend index and baseline index. Right. Baseline, I think, is what I meant to say. Sung J. Um, this is this is sorted by trend index. His baseline index is actually a little bit lower, and Ricky's is quite high. But actually, Ricky's is the highest on here. Oh, I'm so all in on Ricky Fowler this week. That's what oh, I'm saying. I'm so, like, I'm his, so all in on Ricky Fowler this week. His price has dropped. His odds have dropped because he's been kind of weak the past couple of years. But again, if you look at like recent performance, he's playing way above expectations. So that the idea behind it is like, yeah, the the swing coach is working. Like this guy's back to what he could be. So, but yeah, I mean, again, this guy, you know, he finished second at the Masters in 2022. Um, in 2021, eighth last Sung year, Jay. we're back to Sung Jay, back right? to Sung Jay, right? Yeah, he was six at um, the Farmers last season, fourth this year. And I was on Sung Jay last week, you knew that, and you were kind of not sweating it with me, but we're you know, we, we're always talking about our bets. And if like he kind of let me down in the final round last week and still finished six, right. Like he didn't, he bogeyed eighteen to to finish the tournament, and if he birdied that, then he would have been top five and cashed another ticket for me. But like, it felt disappointing, and the guy still finished six. Like that's how good his game is right now. So I'm just thirty to one on Sung Jay. Like I love it. I'm 
you know, I, I've made bets on him to win top five, top 10, and top 20 because it's still plus uh, 105 on DraftKings for him to finish top 20. So there's a sneaky name on this uh, trend index list that's like sticking out to me a little bit, and that's Alex Norin. Norin's on this list. His last five finishes are tie 42, tie fourth, tie second, tie fifth, missed cut. So his most recent performance is missed cut. But before that, it was all top five finishes. And Norin right now, I just looked, is at 90 to one to win, at 16 to one top five. And remember, he's had three top fives. Again, these I'm sure it wasn't the, quite the fields that we're dealing with here, but he's even six and a half to one top 10. So there's another name to kind of keep an eye on. But how does he rate in your model, Norin? Uh, Norin is 28th wow well he's definitely behind that let's see because he's behind fowler yeah he's 20th in my stats model he's so these greens are these greens are firm and fast and he's seventh in strokes game putting on firm and fast greens yeah this is like another this might be like a Euro tour blind spot for like American betters. He's 20th, uh, according to da- uh, data golf's model. He's 41st in the official world golf rankings, but just 84th in the FedEx cup standings. So like a lot of the American betters could be looking at him and be like, this guy doesn't do shit in the PGA tour. It's like, well, yeah, it doesn't really play it very often. He's back. Cause it's like an elevated event, you know, and tigers here, but um, he did miss the cut at the Phoenix open, you know, but he is getting back into the, the scheme, uh, getting back into like the rhythm of things after a couple yeah, of I, li- I, I like that he was back in America for that tournament as like a warm up, And that, that feels like a good spot. I, I I'm probably, he's going to be definitely a part of my daily lineups. There's no question about that. Um, yeah, I'll probably sprinkle on him at 90 to one. That feels like a, a good spot. I don't hate Norn. I've made money betting Norn before. I, he's he didn't make my card here, but I don't hate that look at all. Um, the fifth guy that made my card, obviously Tiger is one of them. So this is the final guy that I bet outright is Siwoo Kim, and I technically this is another one of my guys. You I love hit, your Asians. I do. I was gonna title <laughs> this article: Two Californians and Two Koreans make up the Genesis Invitational. <laughs> Uh, you should have locks. I think they wouldn't end up changing it, to be honest. <laughs> they, <laughs> the editors. I like the I like the Californians and the Koreans, man. Yeah, dude. Um, I hit Siwoo Kim forty-five to one to win the Sony Open, and this is a trip, dude. So Siwoo Kim right now is plus ten thousand. He's also, plus 10,000 is Keith Mitchell, who's been playing pretty well lately. Brian like Harmon, who can putt his ass off and really can kind of get hot with the putter any tournament and be a threat. Corey Connors is plus 9,000. Alex Noren's plus 9,000. Siwoo Kim literally won a tournament a month ago. <laughs> like like a one month ago, Siwoo Kim last won. And he's priced down here. Like, when's the last quant? Corey Connors has never won since I started betting golf. I've never seen a Corey Connors victory. He uh, was hot for for a minute. Not that he was winning, but he was hot and always. He's a, he had a stretch where he just couldn't miss with his with his mid irons. Like you put a seven, eight, nine iron in that dude's hands, like it was going inside ten feet. It was unbelievable. I've fallen into the Corey Connors trap a couple of times, and I'm kind of uh, I'm 
Can't putt. Uh, Another one who screws you on the greens, man. Dude hits his irons out of this world, but yeah. cannot putt. Always on the fairway, always on always. the green in regulation, always. always pops on my model, but I've lost like four straight times betting him. And I'm just like, I've, I've banned him. And I'm not and even, even now I look in like 90 to one. I'm like, Oh yeah. Connor's 90 to one. That's not terrible. Yeah. Cause you start filtering the stuff, uh, uh, fairways, your driving accuracy, eighth par four, 400 to 456 greens and regulation six. So it's like Corey Connors. Now, it's strokes gained approach 13th. Like, this guy's plus 9,000. Oh, baby. But I've done this. <laughs> I've done this several times already in my short career betting on golf, and I'm just not going to do it with Corey Connors. But I'm si- not either. Siwoo Kim has legitimately won recently. Or, yeah, he's won recently, and his iron play is pretty nasty. He's another guy that's like, You've you've known who Siwoo Si Kim is for years. He won the players, I think, back in 2017. This fool's 27 years old. Like he's been around forever. I think this is like his sixth time playing uh the Genesis. And he's he's nasty with the irons, right? But his biggest weakness, as a lot of these golfers are, or uh like a lot of these golfers have, is putting. The guy has gained at least three strokes on the greens uh, per round. Um, over his last four events. So he's hot with the putter, and his game checks off a couple boxes I was looking for for the Genesis. So it's tough to hit these greens because of the course defense. So strokes gain around the green matters more here at Riviera, allegedly. This guy is fourth in strokes gain around the green throughout the whole field. Also, He's usually playing from the fairway. His driving accuracy is 12th. Um, He is first in proximity from 175 to 200. You know, you were just talking about how Data Golf, um, they're saying there's going to be, what, three to four shots more from the 150 to 200 range. He's 30th in 150 to 175 proximity, and again, first in 175 to 200. I don't see him on this chart, though, just FYI. Fair enough. I don't know. Maybe the way they collect their numbers is different than fantasy national, but he popped on my fantasy fantasy national, um, KPI or my, my stats model. Truthfully, he's only 16th in my power rankings, 19th in trending. He sucks putting, but he's been hot with the putter lately. And I, and I, I'm going to take a hundred to one shot on him, you know, because I also like how I, how I broke it down. I'm putting a 13th of a unit on, on him to win a 13th of a unit on him to top five, which is plus 1800, a quarter of a unit for him to go top 10, which is plus 750, and um, a half a unit on him to go top 20, which is plus 320. So if he top 20s, I'll profit on him, and anything after that is sick, obviously. So that's that's pretty much how I built out my card. I have a few head to heads. Do you have any of the other bets you want to talk about or, or you're interested in making here? Um, no, I'll, I'll just sit back, comment on your head to heads. I like to, I want to learn, not learn. I'm not that I don't know what a head to head better is or how to do it, but I want to know if there is any game theory strategy behind it other than the obvious. What do you mean? Game theory or the obvious? Well, just, you... well, the obvious is like, it's just who's going to finish better. But like, is it any more than that as far as like how you approach it? Well, I mean, if, 
there's a big gap in between my power rankings and I just defer to that usually. Some of it's the eyeball test. Um, like Roy McElroy is slightly ahead of John Rahm, my power rankings, but they're Rory's two, Rahm is four. So like I don't see a big enough edge, even though it is a plus money payout. Um, but I ended up taking Tom Kim over Terrell Hatton. It's minus 110 for um, Tom Kim. Terrell Hatton killed it last week at the Phoenix Open. I think he was top 10. Um, but Kim is 10th in my Genesis Power Rankings. He actually almost made my card because he's always putting or um, approaching the, the green from the fairway. I think he's third in driving accuracy. Um, he's third in strokes gained approach. He's first in proximity from 150 to 175. Um, he struggles with the putter, but I feel like in this situation, that's kind of neutralized by by because Terrell Hatton, I don't believe, has a, a a long history here at Riviera. In fact, he's played once, and it was 2019. He missed the cut, and he was awful on the greens and awful with the irons. Um. And Kim's game just fits better at Riviera than Hatton. Um, he's third again in my stats model. Hatton is 31st. Hatton is 93rd in driving accuracy, 96th in proximity from 175 to 200. Um, so I'm more or less fading Terrell Hatton um, because I think the one advantage that he could have would be experience, but he actually doesn't have any experience in this one. And then the other one is Adam Hadwin. He's even money over Taylor Montgomery. Taylor Montgomery is a rookie. Taylor Montgomery's killed it lately, but I'm just going to fade him in an elevated event in a strong field, right? It's like he's just too – his price is too good. In fact, this guy's got a better price than Siwoo Kim. And again, Siwoo Kim won a month ago. I don't, I don't get really what's going on with this. this we guy, get it. You love Siwoo Kim, God. But this guy's a rookie, and he's being priced ahead of ahead of a, a, a recent winner. Um, and I just kind of think the, you know, the market's excited about Tyler Taylor Montgomery, and it's a little too a little too quick. Hadwin is thirteenth in my power rankings. Mont- Montgomery's forty fourth. Um, Hadwin had a really strong performance at the Waste Management Open. Um, was somewhat in the mix in, in the final round. I guess it's tough to say that, though, when Scheffler and Rahm are up there at the top of the leaderboard. But um, Hadwin is um, 25th in my stats model. He's 16th in, in, in greens and regulation, 13th in 175 to 200 proximity. Hatton, again, just... Struggles to make the hit the fairway. Struggles from those long distances or from 150 to 200. He's not particularly good around the green. He's a pretty good putter, but um, I just have Hadwin as a much better fit for this course and for this event than than Hatton. So I'm going to take the plus money payout. I'm a big Adam Hadwin fan as well, so I don't. I'm fully support you uh, backing him here. All right, man. Well, I think we got to the end of the uh, the course here, the end of the event. Oh my God, we're, we've only been doing this for like an hour. That's I not know. like us. I anticipated more arguments, and we just haven't had many. 
Yeah, we like a lot of the same guy. I mean, that's the thing with golf, right? Is like it's tough. To, I, I, uh, more power to you if you can do this every week. But a lot of times, you're just going to land on a lot of the same guys because there's just the guys that you like and the guys who are always going to pop on your model. You know, I have my guys who I like. I'm a big Xander Shoffley fan, as mentioned. I'm a huge Patrick Cantlay fan um, as well. Um, and those guys are best friends. I uh, love Sam Burns because one time he got me tickets to the uh, Travelers Tournament here in uh, Connecticut, which was sweet. I and, had, I had uh, Sam Burns at the Valspar last year. I love Sam Burns. I love Sam Burns as well. I've also won money on Sam Burns. Um, he's friends with Booger McFarlane, who's really good friends with me. They both went to LSU. I played at the course. like It's one of his home courses in... Uh, I don't remember. It's like a small town in Louisiana and they have like, I played at the course and they have Sam Burns. Like he has the course record and they had his scorecard. It was like a 59. It was like something insane. And, uh, <laughs> but I shot 98 <laughs> from like the, from not even the, the tees that he played from, he would have beat me by 40 shots. Like just, I always do that with my friends. Like if, if me and my buddies like did a four man scramble against a pro, like I, what chance do we stand? probably not the answer's none the, the yeah. answer's none like none especially depending what tees we play from because ain't none of my buddies hitting at 300 plus yards so we're we're starting every hole 100 yards back it's incredible to me how good these guys are like because i again, it would have to be like it would have to be like four man scramble we play from the ladies tees the pro plays from the tips right and then that might be kind of close maybe so there's not like I'm tracking most of my bets through the app, right? Through the PGA Tour app. Um, I have, I'll, I'll be watching the telecast, whatever's available on a screen, but I'm mostly tracking through the app. And you'll see dudes, like, because they'll have the shot tracker. You'll see dudes pretty much hit it off the map and then they're putting for a par from like five feet away. It's it's absurd, dude. Or better, like they'll be, all, yeah, in the like hits it to native area and then it's like second shot, 14 feet six inches to hold you're like what how <laughs> yeah, did he dude. hit it from the desert to inside 15 feet putting for birdie are you yeah. kidding me it would take me three shots to get out of that desert you'd see shots last week where it's like the course is in scottsdale he hit it to tempe and he's putting for birdie it's like what the <laughs> fuck how could this how could this happen how nasty are these guys but it is like, so frust- frustrating to watch that app though because you see like six foot putt and then they miss it but like if you watch it not every that's the other thing you got to remember that's tough when you're looking at the app is like not every seven foot putt is the same like there are straight seven foot putts where it's like pros are going to make that almost every time but then there's the seven foot putt that breaks a foot and a half and you got to hit it outside the hole and it's like that's not the same putt dude the worst is like seeing on the tracker that there's like a three foot putt for birdie then like going to the bathroom or putting your phone away and just assuming that he gained a stroke and then seeing it like a minute later and just like, Oh, it was a par. I was like, Oh, you missed a three footer. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Damn it, dude. You ever see, I, I noticed too, with the BGA app, especially I'm, I, have you noticed like sometimes it'll say like shot three made, but you have to look at the distance. Have you noticed this? Yeah. But cause they didn't make, shot three it wasn't a like it it makes it look like they made the birdie putt it'll say shot three made but the distance is two inches and you go well that wasn't I, his his yeah. putt was from 10 feet that means he tapped it in but they didn't yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. That, that's gotten me so many times where it's like oh yes yeah. hammered that birdie putt and then it's like oh wait no he didn't he <laughs> made the two inch tap in and the app sucks the pj app kind of sucks by the way 
I actually think it's pretty good based on like how much it's how much I use yeah, yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I ask just, a lot for these guys and their shot tracking, and for <laughs> that, the most part, they true. do all right. You know. Um, yeah. But going back to your uh, a point that you made a few minutes ago about like betting the same guys and betting golf, what's so fun about it for me is like. It's, I don't know, like I love arguing sports. Like that's actually like my favorite thing to do. And me and you've had some awesome arguments about like football sides, but like we can both make really good arguments for a golfer and just be like, yeah, you know what? Your guy could win. Like, what do I, oh, you know, what do I know? Yeah, right? Like, absolutely. like you really gonna like for us to bet the Super Bowl, you inherently have to make an anti Chiefs, anti Eagles argument. Like, how many anti-Marikawa arguments do you have? It's kind of like, nah, he's not putting well lately. All right, yeah, well, maybe he does, and then what? And even then, it's like, yeah, well, that's why he's 20 to 1. Like, it's not even money. Right, Like he's, right. he's not supposed to win. If they played this tournament 20 times, he's supposed to win once. Right. So you're hoping that that's this one. Yeah, it's fun because we can just, I don't know, exchange information. It doesn't have to be so combative, even though I do like uh, beefing over bets. Yeah, All right, man. It'll be harder. It'll be harder with golf for sure. My buddy who doesn't bet on golf very often always asks me once, like he reads my article, like, "All right, dude, I got one bet to make. Which what's the best bet I should make?" And I think my best bet here would be, I think it would be Xander top ten. Like the guy just always finishes a top ten. Um. If that's stealing what would be your best bet, then I can come up with another one. But, like, he missed the cut at the Masters. That was his last missed cut. Since then, he's got a five, two wins, a third, a fourth, a ninth, a third. Was 10th at the Phoenix Open last week and lost strokes putting. Like, he, as we were kind of talking about earlier, his 10th place finish was disappointing. Like, he hit a 67 the first two rounds, 70 round three, 70 round four, and he kind of just left some meat on the bone, right? So I feel like he's he's going to come through with the top 10 here. Yeah, I think maybe Fitzpatrick top 10 feels pretty good to me, um, plus 350. It's crazy to me that you're making this bet. I don't hate it. And his game is... I've heard this argument from like season pro uh, golf betters. His game fits better at majors. Like when you have to score, go really low. That's the spot where you don't really want to bet Fitzpatrick. But if like the winner of a tournament's minus seven, it's like that's that's the one that Fitzpatrick shows up on. But you just cash a ticket for him to miss the the, the totally cut different situation at plus three fifty, I guess. I was kind of betting on a WD, to be honest with you. Like, I was a little bit surprised that it was just a straight missed cut. But like I said, it it, it all got screwed up by the weather. And the fact that he finished was like, okay, the the neck wasn't as big a deal. But he had three rounds to figure it out. It was a 54-hole cut, and he couldn't figure it out in three rounds. And it's a much easier course than this one. Yeah, but his his increased distance is going to play here because... As we mentioned, the holes are super long, and that's going to put him in better spots. Like, he hasn't been playing great of late. He's not on the trend index. He's not on the 150 to 190. I don't know why I'm doing this. He's a good putter. How does he putt on Paula? Mm, Let me look real quick. Um, Fitzpatrick. 
39th on POA, 17th on firm and fast. So looking good. Yeah. I mean. No, like I was just saying, you can make it like you're going to look like a genius and you're going to have a sick bet if this guy, if this guy is in contention in round four. And considering he's a reigning U.S. Open champion at a comp course, I feel you. It's just like it's kind of a ballsy bet. Considering you just bet him to to miss the cut three weeks ago, I'm a complicated man, Jeff Clark. I'm a complicated man. All right. Well, where can people can't fit me into a box? (laughs) Where can people find your stuff? Outkick Dan Z on Twitter. Find my author page. I got a big board coming out for the NFL draft. Hopefully tomorrow, I'm going to do the top 25 players available in the NFL draft. Are you um, going to be able to read the PFF 2023 NFL draft guide and just Oh yeah, you gave me a weird hours? look. You yeah. Gave me a weird look when I said I hadn't read it yet. I don't know. I just figured you would have been on it as soon as it dropped. No, I've been a little I mean everything's been Super Bowl the last. Like I just now I'm like I was into the draft in between the two weeks cuz there's nothing else to do. And then you kind of turn your attention to the Super Bowl and now like as the Super Bowl ends and you know, we move to the off season, I'm kind of diving back into the draft i'm hoping trying to get trying to get our company to send me we'll see keep you posted that would be on that. sick where is it kansas city oh, okay yeah not the coolest spot that's why i thought like oh, it was kansas in vegas city. last year right yeah it was <laughs> that would have been dope did you know it was even released because i uh i have like a personal account to pff and they just send me emails so they sent me i think the email yesterday that it that it just came out i actually did not yeah so look out for that. Um, and I will we'll actually be doing an NFL draft betting podcast. Oh, I, lo- I love betting on the NFL draft. Really? Do you profit off of it usually? So the problem is I don't think you can bet on the NFL draft legally in Connecticut. So I got to find like back channels. Gotcha. Might have to talk to you. Might have to talk to you and have you play some stuff through your guy for me. Yeah. Yeah. You talk to me about the back channels. I'm your dude. yeah it's one of those things like you can't there's so many freaking weird rules right like we talked about this you can't bet on college teams located in connecticut while you're in connecticut i think new jersey has that rule new york has that rule i think new york also you can't bet on the you can't bet on things where i I don't even know what the exact rule is it's something to do with them being i I don't know yeah they have weird rules for every state weird rule where the draft because it's like not a game it's like an event you can't bet on it or because it's college kids going to the pros you, i don't know There's i don't think stupid. you can bet on like nba or nfl season awards in new york i try to do that through, through my mom maybe, maybe that's wrong but there are just weird little yeah, like weird quirks rules. for every, every state. state i don't know it's yep. weird but yep. all right exactly guys right. hopefully this genesis invitational breakdown uh well i don't know just gave you something to listen to in your commute if you follow our bets then shoot us some love on social media or uh, by leaving me a nice review on Apple Podcasts. But I'll probably talk to you guys tomorrow with some NBA stuff. Uh, Peace.